Hey guys, and welcome to Goodversations, a collection of honest, deep dive conversations with talented voices in the theater industry. My name is Alexandra, and I'm joined today by Iwana Kimbuk. We sat down backstage at the Garrick Theatre, where Iwana was making her Western debut opposite John Malkovich in Bitter Wheat. We spoke all about the show, which a lot of people consider to be this year's most divisive new play on the West End, her once-in-a-lifetime audition experience, and what is it like to be making her West End debut straight out of acting school. Be sure to follow Iwana on Instagram at Iwana underscore Kimbuk and follow Goodversations for more episodes of this show. Here's my conversation with Iwana Kimbuk. Oh, you have such a lovely name. So where does Iwana come from? Iwana is the best way. I've been figuring out loads of ways like Iwana build a snowman or Iguana, which is basically take the G out and then it kind of sounds like it. Iwana. Yeah. Do you know what? I struggle to pronounce my name mm. in English because <laughs> I, I I know the Greek pronunciation. I came in and I was like, how do you pronounce it? So I had to kind of make up a pronunciation for it and oh. I've had loads of variations. So Is it Greek then? It are is, you... yeah, Greek. Okay. Are you from, from there or like you're from, from Cyprus? Yeah, Greek oh, Cypriot. Lovely. I'm so yeah. happy to have you on the podcast. Thank you. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do and all that good stuff? I act. That's what I've chosen to do sometimes. Um, I've recently graduated drama school. Uh, I grew up in Cyprus, so I grew up on an island where very little happens. Uh, so it's quite a nice relief to be here and get to be part of this this industry and this this whole acting scene, which is great. Um, and this has been my first show, really. So outside of drama school, I've, I've kind of gone straight... Well, I say straight into this. I was doing another job on the side before, but this is my first thing. So, yeah, hopefully there's more to come, but focusing mm-hmm. on acting for now. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah, so when did you move across to the UK? Uh, roughly five years ago. Yeah, almost five years. Yeah, there we go. Yes, 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 yes. And what sparked that decision for you? Do you know what? Most people in Cyprus tend to come to the UK to study. Um, you just assume that that's the place where you're going to end up all the good unis and the good schools are here and I mean when I was doing all my research all the good drama schools were here and I just thought it makes sense for me to come to the UK. Because you moved fairly recently what was the first West End show that you saw? Um, it was actually when I was oh god okay I was really young I don't remember how old I was but it was Mary Poppins we'd flown over we flew over from Cyprus to see it um, as a treat my parents okay well we'll take you to a show uh since this is what you want to do and oh my god I loved it so much it was the funnest I I remember coming out and I kind of my parents couldn't probably talk to me for a good hour because I was just completely mesmerized yeah yeah must have been that one but yeah it was great (laughs) amazing and then Mm. I guess when did you know that you wanted to pursue this professionally when's someone told me that actors are real I was in year seven no this is honest to god the truth I didn't know that actors were a real job you see them on tv but no one ever explained to you that that's someone's career and then I had my first drama class in year seven I went to the only school in Cyprus that offered GCSE drama and then I think all it took was the first lesson that's so cheesy all it took was the first lesson I kind of went 
this kind of suits me fine because I wanted to be so many things growing up that I thought well mm. well now I can kind of do that <laughs> but yeah my mum initially was um she was hoping for a different career choice but um yeah I mean you know in Cyprus I've heard a lot of parents not be you know very supportive especially if the arts were kind of behind yeah. when it comes to the arts but yeah I was quite blessed Oh, that's amazing. And actually, it's the same in Latvia, again. Because I feel like anywhere else but the big countries, it's it's always about practical skills. Oh, yeah. Accountant, lawyer, doctor, don't even utter anything else. Exactly. Um, But you did go to Bristol Old Wick Acting School to pursue, obviously, acting. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the most memorable lessons that have stuck with you from your time there? The most memorable thing was um, probably standing in front of our first audience because I don't know it just there's something about when you stand in front of an audience there's things that you kind of start to learn you start to exhibit these these habits and these different like survival skills when you're on stage and your body starts and your mind starts thinking in a different way sometimes in a class I find you overthink everything whereas I learned the most when I was just doing performances. And I guess it, I guess that that kind of doesn't make sense in a way because the class has prepared you for the performances. But I remember we taught and we did children's tours in the second year. And there was just something about standing in front of an audience of kids who just screamed at you if they hated something. <laughs> very visceral reaction. Very visceral. Yeah, it just that... that I, liked, I like to get a response. I like to feel something responding. So... I think our first performance in front of a, a public in front of the public was the best lesson I think for me. Amazing. And now you're doing it every day in front of audiences yeah, here. Yeah, very blessed and humbled as well to be doing it. Yeah. Amazing. And you're currently starring in David Mamet's Bitter Wheat opposite yes. John Malkovich. Yeah. So for those who haven't had the chance to see the show because it's closing quite soon, mm-hmm. can you tell us about mm-hmm. what it's about and who do you play? Um, I play a character called Young Kim Lee. She's half Korean, half English. She's a young actress. Um, has probably done a couple of things in the industry, but is a newcomer, fairly new. And she essentially is meeting this Hollywood mogul and things then obviously start to go wrong and, you know, all, all, of, all of that stuff. Um, but what the play is kind of about I would say is David the way I saw it is David Mamet is a man who spent a lot of time in Hollywood and I know you know there's been a lot of controversy regarding a man writing it and so and so but most of the play in fact I'd say 95% of it is just utter truth Um, and I think he just gives you a slice of an ugly truth that is still very much prevalent and it's still happening within the industry you know even speaking to John everything you see in the play you know yeah Harvey did do all these things and obviously it's heavily inspired by him but there are many others who are still doing it and that's that's the main problem and I think as a man he took whatever he knew and tried to offer that you know he he offered a slice of his truth and the world he lived in and it follows um the downfall of this Hollywood mogul, it's like the before and after in that same night. So yeah, I'd I'd call it a slice of truth. It's not the whole picture, obviously. I don't think you can ever have a whole picture in anything, but yeah, it's a bit of truth from his perspective. 
So do you think it's a cautionary tale? Is it a dark comedy? Is it everything and more? This is the thing, dark comedy. We were all very scared of that word. Um, he, he, he wasn't because he, he explained this whole thing about catharsis and how there should come a time when we can laugh at him. And I think that was very much his intention. It had to kind of be a farce on this character, this grotesque kind of character. And I, I would say that the reason it's it, that it was a controversial word to use for this play is because, you know, not many people are ready to laugh at it yet. It's still a very touchy subject. Um, we've had a, a whole array of reactions, you know, a whole mixture. And so, you know, I'd like to classify it as a dark comedy, but it's also a tragedy. I mean, it's that's life, isn't it? He's presenting something that's very truthful. People have taken it as a farce, but in fact, most of the quotes and lines in that play are actual quotes that were said in real life, and a lot of it is real. And so it's funny how that's become farcical. You know, he didn't exaggerate anything. So in that sense, I think it's just a bit of life and you get to laugh at something that's just so grotesquely ridiculous. But I very much understand that some people are really not ready to laugh at it. And it's... It's a controversial one. I, I don't know how to categorize it, really. So what made you want to sink your teeth into this role? Well, when I read the script, I loved... I mean, I've always loved Mamet. I liked the writing. I loved how naturalistic it was. I loved how real the whole thing felt. Actually, what I really appreciated was the ending and what my character does, because I had to read it a couple of times, and I went... It's interesting because, for those of you who've seen it, my character comes back at the end and gives him the gift that was promised to him at the beginning. And to many people that would have been like, what, how, how, you know, could you come back? And But really she was kind of digging that last nail into his coffin. And it, I don't even think she was trying to be vengeful. I think it was just the dignity her character had and the bravery to come back and face him and to give him a gift really did kind of put him in a weaker position and I really admired that about her. Um, and when I kind of thought that that's something I would do, I kind of clicked with that character a lot and it all just came naturally, it kind of fit like a glove. And I like controversy, I like doing things that get people talking, so I thought this is perfect and yeah, I was, I was drawn to it from the get-go. How long was the audition process actually? It was probably the most surreal experience of my life. I got the script um, a week before my audition, I kind of read it, prepared. They, they didn't really give you a scene, it was kind of just like, read it, go in, prepared to read any scene. And I remember going in and I was the first person in there in the morning and everyone was kind of on edge, like, oh, Mamet's in the booth, like, Mamet's in the booth. And I think I was a bit too tired, <laughs> a bit too numb to everything. And I remember going in meeting him, it was so, so surreal. I was thinking like, your play was the first play I ever read in my life. It was very cool to me, a lovely man. And we did the audition, it was all fine. And then I kind of went to leave and Amy, the casting director, stopped me and said, uh, would you mind coming back this evening? And I went, yeah. <laughs> so I kind of hovered around Covent Garden for five hours, you know, quite on edge. And then we went back and he was doing this massive chemistry reading and there were loads of people there. And to cut a long story short, slowly by slowly, after doing three or four reads with loads of people, I went back upstairs and everyone had gone and I was left there. And then I got called back in downstairs to do the final scene. And I did it. And um, 
best moment I'll ever experience in my life when I just assumed it was over and I was going to leave and then I kind of went around to shake people's hands and, and I got to David and I was like thank you and then he kind of just interrupted me and went um, before you go he says by the way uh, I've just been on the phone to John and he says that in a month's time he's going to be word perfect for the rehearsal so I expect you to do the same when you come in on day one and and I didn't clock it and I went oh <laughs> what <laughs> just like my face dropped and obviously oh the God. tears just came streaming out my face I was a mess um I, I just couldn't believe it it's never happened to me before and I was just so honored that it all kind of happened in a day and he it just all it all happened there was no uncertainty you just got it no you just got it amazing and it was probably like you know I I'd like to think that I have quite good instincts when I read a script or when I go up for something and this was just something that I I felt very confident I could manage um it's still very scary you know I knew John was going to be in it I knew but yeah it was it was a magical day what was it like then to work with David as you were developing the show together It was great. I think I actually enjoyed working with the person who'd written the play. In a funny way, it kind of took the pressure off because you felt like, you know, there weren't multiple voices you were trying to satisfy. It was just him. He had a very clear vision for it. He had a very interesting way of working as well. You know, I I always like working with directors who have very different methods. He, He had this kind of old school way about working and it was really nice. Like, I know he blocked everything before we kind of acted and that was really interesting I hadn't done that before but knowing he what was great was even for a man of his caliber he was very very open to suggestions and changing some of his words and honestly a very friendly environment from beginning to end it was great what a lovely environment to make your West End debut and I I feel like I've been mildly spoilt with this experience because of how lovely everyone's been and just how well it's all gone for us but yeah that's amazing and then what was your research process like for this role i'm not gonna lie um i i I don't really have a process but in terms of research this was probably one of the few things i did research on i watched a lot of interviews with women um who were involved in the weinstein scandals um and of other women, you know, who were involved in other sexual harassment cases and all that stuff. I just wanted to see how they talked about things, you know, all of that stuff. And th- funnily enough, there was an interesting video I saw where, uh, I, I don't know if you've seen this, but one of, a woman recorded her session with Harvey. Yes. Have you seen that? Yes. Yeah, I've seen that. And it was weird because I remember at the time going, why, why is she being so flirtatious about him? Why is it, you know, because it, I, I didn't, I was getting a bit frustrated. And then as soon as we started rehearsing, I realized that, because what I do is I just learn the lines very mechanically and then I just go in and play. So we were playing with John and I realized that I started doing exactly the same thing. And then you go, oh wait, it's just a survival instinct. You know, it's the only way for you to be on equal terms is that if you start to do it back or you try and gain some authority, you know, that's the only way you can do it. And you end up falling into this vicious kind of circle. Um, and it did, it really did teach me a lot. It really, really did. And you've had, um, I've no doubt, you've had lots of big industry names come see the show on yes. the opening night and, and later. So who were you most excited to meet? <laughs> um, uh, I'm not going to lie, I did freak out a bit when Mark Rylance 
came up to me and said, well done. <laughs> that was, he's one of my my favourite actors. I really admire his work. And it's weird, you, you kind of think you'll get starstruck, but that, I don't know, when you kind of meet them in person, you just go, oh, you're just, you know... You're just a person. You're just a person. It's really humbling. It's really nice. And they're all so, you know, a lot of the people I met were so lovely and... Yeah, I actually can't really remember, but for some reason I really remember Mark Rylands on press night. Yeah. Amazing. And because you mentioned like lots of different reactions that the show has had. Yes. So what messages do you hope the audience will take away from this show? Do you know what? I, it, it's funny because we've all talked about this and I've never thought about what message it will give other than that we just wanted it to spark conversation i don't know i we i can't really i never like to talk about the message that something gives or something because i think everyone takes something very different you know Mm -hmm. someone will take something very obvious from it but someone might find something really tiny and obscure that you know for some reason really resonates with them and it's so different for every individual but all i know is that if truth is presented people there will undoubtedly be some kind of opinion formulating about what they see Mm -hmm. and he wants people to argue and he wants people to debate about it and express their experiences and all that stuff so maybe that's what it triggers it's more like a trigger yeah triggering play but isn't it amazing when a show can inspire you to think about something differently or to approach something from a different angle yes i feel like that's the power of theater in a nutshell exactly so it's doing a brilliant job yeah yeah Yeah, so but then do you think more stories like this one you know divisive but hugely important should be presented through performance yeah no definitely i mean i think theater should always be evolving like anything really uh i'd love to hear definitely more women's voices as well i think more again more truthful honest voices um just shared real experiences because you know the the entertaining side is equally as valuable you know it gives you a little little kind of trip and it's just awesome to go and watch a musical that equally is fun but i really also would like to see more real stories real people um and challenging ones as well i think sometimes we fall into this little dangerous kind of nest where we we're content with society and we're content with the system we live in and the way we think and i don't think we challenge ourselves enough because the more fragmented we become as a world and the more tribalism ensues the more we stick to one vision because we feel quite vulnerable to open up to the gray area in life so we end up becoming very black or white and I personally don't like that I like to examine a lot of the gray area because I find a lot of answers lie there and questions which is very important so yeah definitely definitely more challenging pieces I want people to think more and I want people to be more open um, to maybe not holding on to the view they hold on to and explore someone else's view Um, communication is key and understanding is key of course I have to ask you how is it working with the incredible John Malkovich I can't tell you how much I love that human being he is and I really have to say this when you watch someone all your life as a from a child to an adult and you admire his work so much and you know he's an absolute A-lister and not only in his profession but I think as a person he's the heart of gold and such a generous actor. I've really been spoiled working with him. 
he's exceeded all expectations you know you you think you're gonna just work with a great actor but you realize you work with a great human being great actor professional and very you know protective loving individual who treats you like his own when you work with him and honestly I wish I could do it again I think if I had one wish I'd, I'd want to work with John one more time with Maybe in the future. In putting the future, it out there. Yeah. 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 But then I guess was it intimidating, you know, meeting him for the first time and like working on this together, finding the rhythm of this? This is this is gonna sound really obnoxious and I hope it doesn't come across this way, but no, simply because I felt like I couldn't afford to let it get to me. I knew how prepared I had to be because of what David told me. I knew that I would literally walk into a rehearsal room and just jump straight into a scene. And I had to just bring my A game, and it's you. You try and trick yourself into saying no. You know, we're on a we're on an equal level. Clearly not. <laughs> like, but, you know, we're, we're, on a, we're on an equal path here. It's fine. Like he's my colleague. We have to work. And something happens where you go in your husband and for the first five seconds you're starstruck, but then you just shut down and you go into work mode. But then you know, I went home and I was like, oh my god, what did I just do? You know. <laughs> it's like, but. Not not as much, actually. I was surprised that it didn't hit me. Yeah. And I guess working with him is basically like going to a master class every single day. Oh, yeah. So have, has there been any like pieces of advice that he shared with you or anything you've picked up from him? <laughs> well, John's not the kind of person to, to give you advice. I think his presence is all you need because when you have someone who's so responsive so giving and open and does things differently every time you know not in a way to put you off but in a way that keeps it fresh that's all you need because you learn from having an actor like that opposite you you don't need him to say anything he just brings out the best in you and, and keeps you on your toes and keeps you on your toes and that's the best training as far as i'm concerned and i guess because the show the dialogue is so sharp and it's basically like rapid fire yeah you know was it hard to find that rhythm or did it come quite naturally to you uh, i'm quite glad i learned my lines and david told me I had to learn my lines because yeah John works very fast and initially it was quite luckily enough in that scene the faster it is the more kind of you know deer in headlights she becomes because it's it's a bit like that's that's part of the whole plan is that everything happens so quickly you don't even realize by the time you've landed in his hotel room you know what I mean and, yeah and so in some ways it kind of gets you out your head and then you just say the lines um because David is big about that, you know, don't be in your head, just say the lines and that does the work for you. You know, he's yeah, very much of, of that method. So, um, I kind of, yeah. Yeah, I, do you know what, actually, because this sounds like this was a very easy process and I'm sounding like this was just a walk in the park. In many ways it was. I'm not going to pretend like this was some challenging feat when it wasn't. But what was challenging was um, not commenting on anything, you know, like in the last scene when you ask him all these questions like well who would forgive you and all those things David just wanted me to ask those questions without commenting anything like my face can't give anything away it was like I just had to ask the questions genuinely and you know he was right but that's very hard to do because as a woman you go no you know I just want to I just want to ask the questions I just want to give a bit of sass but then that doesn't serve what he's trying to say so yeah he is he doesn't condone or condemn that's David's thing so yeah, I guess I did find that challenging. Yeah. 
But that's a good challenge to have because that's going to serve you throughout your career, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, exactly. So, and actually speaking about that, uh, because you still have a very long career ahead of you. <laughs> so what do you think is the biggest lesson that you'll take away from working on this show and it being your West End debut? Um, I think this whole process, I keep repeating this word, but it's just been very humbling And I, I always treat every job like my first and last. And I've learned so much from my colleagues and the confidence I've gained doing this has been incredible. I've actually learned a lot about what to do when I walk into a room and that might potentially happen to me. It's somewhat been like training for me. I mean, touch wood, hopefully it doesn't, but you know, God forbid it does. For some reason, I feel like I have this kind of armor now where you know it really it's okay to say no and even if you don't end up saying no it's still okay I really that's something I want a lot of women to know is I think we need to be a lot more transparent with the truth and the choices we've made and I don't think women should beat themselves up over anything or any choice that they did make because I, I do kind of sense that so I'm going off slightly on no, a tangent now but I, I feel you know because I've heard stories of women who who didn't say no, but they did want to say no. It's just, you know, obviously in that moment, part of your brain is like glitches and you say yes, but you don't think that that will haunt you years mm -hmm. down the line. And there and you just want to get out of it as well. Yeah. So you, you'll say anything. Exactly. But then, you know, there should be no shame in being truthful about that because women should never be put in that position in the first place. And I think doing this play has taught me actually how complicated psychology and manipulation is and it's not as obvious as people think and you can't just go yeah well she could have said no it really honestly it's like you get tangled in a web of just sticky sleazy manipulation you just can't get out and honestly by the time you think there's a door you you notice you're in a room with no doors no windows you're trapped it's a very scary thing And it's actually taught me a lot. Um, and I think I'll definitely take with me that, you know, every situation is a lot grayer than we think and it's a lot more complicated. And I don't think any woman should be ashamed of choices they've made. We should all just be transparent of what happens, regardless of if you think, you know, you'll be shamed by the women or if you feel guilty about it. The point of the meeting movement is that we are a huge support group for each other and that we're honest about any choices we make and that from now onwards they shouldn't you shouldn't be put in a position where they have to be made anymore that's literally gonna i think inspire a lot of people and i think it's also a yeah. message that needs to be said yes so no. thank you for sharing that oh pleasure Are there any words of encouragement that you'd like to share with other aspiring performers who are perhaps at the beginning of their journey still? I just want people to know that, honestly, every single effort you put in is worth something. And it is a bit, acting is a bit like cooking. And each one of us is cooking a whole different dish, you know? The arts are like this massive buffet and you kind of pick a dish you want to cook. That's your life, that's your journey you need to respect what dish you've chosen to cook and that each dish is a different cooking time, different preparation. Just take pride in your journey. Just be really proud of you as an individual and appreciate that you might need more time or less time and just 
just work on your masterpiece. I really can't stress it enough that when you become too busy looking at other people and how they're succeeding and you're not and you start comparing yourself, it will be your greatest downfall. I can't stress that enough. You have to love yourself as much as you want other people to love you. So that would be my best advice. Okay, well, we're on to a random section. Yes. So let's do it. Um, How would you describe yourself at this point in time? Humbled. If you could play one musical theatre role, knowing that you'll be hugely successful at it, who would it be? I've always wanted to play Esmeralda from The Hunchback of Notre Dame, but that ain't happening with my... (laughs) my, This is colourblind casting, I'll play Esmeralda. (laughs) You know, it could happen. Could Could happen, happen. Yeah. yeah. Book recommendation. Um, I am reading a book called uh, Out of Body Experiences, which I really love. What is it about? Well, it's about um, astral projection and lucid dreaming and near-death experiences, which is great. I'm really into all that kind of stuff. Light reading before bed. Yes, yeah, (laughs) just light, you know, light stuff. But um, no, it's a really, really interesting book and it kind of gives you all the arguments and all the theories and I found it fascinating. A favourite movie? Cloud Atlas. The the concept and the story, uh, it resonates a lot with me. What's the best thing that has happened to you in the last month? The show has been the, the show has been the best thing that's happened to me. Yeah. Amazing. If you could put any of your career aspirations out there right now, knowing that they will come true, <laughs> what would you hope for? Um, I would hope that my career would get to a point where um, I have a strong enough platform to speak about conservation. Um, That's a huge passion of mine. Um, It kind of goes hand in hand with acting where I almost imagine that I would be in a place where I would speak about these things and more people would listen. Um, It kind of shouldn't be that way that you have to get to a certain point for people to listen to you, but I guess play the system, isn't it? Yeah. So, So what's like a message about that that you would like to share? I feel like my message is that we're so, what I find is we are so incredibly disconnected from nature and from earth, but really I'm, I think the earth is the greatest temple we have and it is our home. And honestly, it doesn't, you know, this whole, even the whole zero plastic thing, I'd rather just everyone try a bit because that's better than just two people getting it right, you know, all the way. I just... Honestly, a bit of a bit of effort can go a long way, and you yourself are capable of doing a lot to help. And then, lastly, favorite thing about being part of this young generation of actors? Just a new wave of voices and a very strong support group. You know, I I and I I think the younger generation, you know, is is very diverse is very open-minded, are willing to discuss things that weren't being discussed before. Um, And I like that. I like the freshness of it. Yeah. Amazing. And thank you for bringing your voice to it. Thank you for having me. It's been great. If you enjoyed this episode, then please consider giving us a rate and review. This would help me tremendously in reaching more theater fans and also getting more guests on this show. And I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode. You know, I'm always just one message away on Instagram and you can find me at Goodversations. So let's get to know each other. Thank you again so much for listening and I'll talk to you again next Monday.